0: you're listening to a teaching from sundown church we hope you encounter god through our podcast and experience freedom in your life We have been given the ministry of reconciliation, not just given it, Jesus entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5 speaks of how we have been entrusted with the ministry that Jesus created, which is reconciling the world back to Himself, reconciling the world back to God the Father. We are called to be bridge builders. We are called to stand in the gap, to be the connection from need to provision, from loss to home, from broken to restoration. The world to the Father. This is who we are. And this is who we are meant to be. Amen. Amen. You are sons and daughters of God. The creator of the universe. You are co-heirs with Christ. You are royalty. It's important for us to recognize that. To recognize that we don't walk on this earth hoping that we don't mess up. Hoping that I don't offend anybody. Hoping that I I do right by, by God. But that we exist in a kingdom where we are... The co-heirs to the throne, and we walk with our heads held high. We walk with authority. We walk with power on this earth. It's, it's time for us to operate in this. The Lord will call us. Uh, he, he says, be slow to speak, slow to anger. He doesn't, that doesn't mean that we're just pounding our chest, standing on the street corner yelling at everybody. But we walk understanding the authority that we carry. Right. It's time for the world to see the sons and daughters of royalty existing in that. They don't exist in timidity. They exist in power and fullness. Amen? Amen. That is who you are called to be. And in a season of prayer and worship, that's the season that we're in, he is teaching us that we are also intercessors. And intercession is a tool of the ministers of the ministry of reconciliation. And in this season, it is about us stepping into all that we are in fullness to say, yes, yes, I am an intercessor. We ask this question Last week, but when this season shifts into another one, when the Lord shifts us into a different season that is not a season of prayer and worship, does intercession cease? No, because this season is not about us doing something right now. It is about us being who we are called to be, learning this, embracing it, understanding it, walking in it, being taught by it, and then moving in fullness. Uh, What did you do? We're just tired. Um, It is about us walking in the fullness of who God has called us to be, and you are called to be an intercessor. That is who you are called to be. You are called to be the one that stands in the gap when others cannot stand for themselves. You are called to be the one that will connect all of creation back to creator. And not just creator, but to heavenly father, this father who loves them and has sent his son to die for them as well, not just for us. Amen. Amen. So will you say that with me? I've got a moment where you have to speak. I know it's scary. You've got to talk out loud. Your neighbor's going to hear you. I'll just preface it by that. Don't, don't worry. But will you say with me that I'm an intercessor? Say it. I'm an intercessor. Say it. Let's try it again. I'm an intercessor. What does that mean? You don't have to answer that part. Everybody's like, oh, no. Was I paying attention when he gave me the definition? I'm an intercessor. I am the one that will stand in the gap. I am the front line of defense for the world around me. And I am the one that has been entrusted. Would you just recognize that and sit on that for a second that Jesus entrusted you with his ministry? You have been entrusted with the ministry that Jesus created in his three years here on earth. You have been entrusted with it. We will do what others will not and we will stand in the gap. Amen. Amen. But to be an intercessor, I have to believe all that he is and all that he says I am. So I have a question. This question hit me um, just throughout this, this week and everything that was, has been going on. Do we believe our prayers make a difference? Do we believe our prayers are not only heard, but received? Or do we pray with no expectation, simply out of obligation? Because it is what is expected of us in a moment. How many of us have had someone ask us to pray for them, and we're like, yes, I will pray for you. And then I don't pray for you. Right? I get texts and I'm like, oh, i got to do this, oh, i got to do that, and i got to do this. And then they're like, hey, I just wanted to let you know your prayers were heard. This thing that I asked you to pray for came through, and it's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't even pray for you. I'm really sorry. And so often in those moments, I feel like my response has to be yes, because it's out of obligation. It's like, why would I think that my response should be yes out of obligation? Do I not believe that when this person came to me in faith, that when their brother and sister joins with them, stands in the gap before them and for them, and prays for this thing to come to be, do I not believe that this thing will come to be? Right? We'll discredit the messenger. Oh, this person's always asking for prayer. And we'll, we'll cease to pray. Why, why do we find ourselves feeling an obligation or an expectation And denying the power and reality in this fact that when a son of God speaks, the world listens. When the son of God speaks, the kingdom moves. Turn with me to James 1. Verse 5. We know this passage. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously and to all without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man. Unstable in all his ways. He gives generously. That which he desires to give. And what what do I mean by this? We'll look at John 15 to explain this. Because we we see this and it's clear that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask for it. And the Father will give it to him without reproach. So the Father desires for us to have wisdom. But we also stand in this moment where we prayed for something and the result was not what we prayed for. In the way that we wanted it. The way we wanted it to go. We wanted life back here on earth. And that's not what we got. In the way that we thought. But we did get life back here on earth. As a young man had the kingdom of heaven established in him. We can't forget that. But we prayed for this, this young man to see life again, and he gives generously that which the Lord desires to give. And what do I mean by this? John 15 verse four, "Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. The design of prayer is simple. It is meant to be a tool used within our relationship with our Heavenly Father. That, the key word of that is within our relationship with our Heavenly Father. So many people on earth pray, but they don't pray out of a place of relationship. They don't pray from a place of deep connection with Father. the Father. They just pray, right? They pray, they're saved, and then that's about the only business they have with God. They pursue God from 10.45 to 12 p.m. on Sundays, and that's, that's, where, that's where he ends. That's his time. And the depth of their relationship is reflective in their prayer life because they don't know what to pray for as they are. How can you know what to pray if you do not abide? What does that word mean? It means to remain in. Prayer is a dialogue of Communication. And it is an overflow as a result and a product of my relationship with the Lord. That is why if I abide, meaning to remain in, I can ask, I can pray for the desires of my heart and they will be given to me. Why? You put those desires there. Exactly. Did you hear that? If I remain in him and I have desires in my heart and I pray these things and he gives me these things, where did those desires originate? Did they originate in my heart or in His for me? In His. Because by this, the Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. He desires for us to bear fruit and prove to be His disciples. Prove to be the disciples of Jesus. Remember, 2 Corinthians 5.20, Therefore we are ambassadors, ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us to all of the world that they would be reconciled back to Him. He wants to create an accurate appeal. He wants them to see clearly who He is and who we are and who we are called to be in the fullness of that relationship. But back to abiding. If I remain in Him, again, the desires of my heart, they didn't originate in me. They originated in Him. They are the desires of His heart that He desires to give me and release through me. Again, you guys know this about me, but for those who don't, I am not great at just taking things at face value. And that's gotten me in trouble in the church because I asked uncomfortable questions. Like as a kid, I, I asked uncomfortable questions. I remember as a worship leader, I had this question on my mind in college about to go out and lead people in worship. And the pastor, and it's technically his fault, because he asked what was on our hearts. And I was honest. So really, this was on Kindle. This is not on Parker. But what was on my heart was, God, does God love everyone? Like, does God truly love everyone? Everybody's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, how do you know? Like, because uh, VBS, when I was four, they told me, and we sang it. Like, that, that, don't. nope, that don't work for me. I need to know. I need to know. I need to experience. I need to see it. I need to see the, the proof of it. And there's proof all over the scriptures of this. But you know that just because something is done, a lot of you know this about me. It used to get, it's gotten me in trouble because um, I, it just it makes me mad. But when people say, it, why do we do this? And they say, it's because the way we've always done it. Like, that's not a good reason to do something. That's a bad reason to do something. There should be more, there should be more explanation than that. Right? And I, I had to experience this a lot when I was coaching. It, it was just something that we did. But all that to say, I, I want to know because I know, not because someone has told me so. So why? Why then? Why then are the desires of his heart... That he, Why are they the desires that he desires to release through me? He plants them there. Why? He, re- he desires to release them through me. Why? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God pre- prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So why? Why do we carry his desires when we abide? It's a simple answer. It's because that is exactly what you are made to do. What are we but vessels for the presence of God? We are his hands and feet. We are his workmanship. We are the only creation ever created that can physically house the presence of God. When Adam was brought to life, the Lord breathed into Adam life and he lived and he was connected to God. He had communion with God. He had relationship with God, not just the the unseen relationship that we have. He had seen physical presence with God. He walked with Him amongst them in the garden. In the fall of man, what did Jesus come to do since the fall of man? He came to restore that relationship that we could be again filled and connected to the presence of God which we were made for. We get to do a lot of great things in this life. We get to go on adventures. We get to have jobs. But that is all... After the reality that we understand that we were made for Him and to carry His presence, period, 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 the end. There are things that are added unto this. There are ways and avenues with careers and jobs and families and things that He adds unto us to be able to do these things. But you were made. It is an indisputable fact. You were made to carry the presence of God here on earth. Jesus said, it is necessary for me to leave that I can send to you the Helper which will lead you into all truth and righteousness. And then we see in Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit comes and Peter delivers the most powerful sermon ever delivered because the church was born out of it. As thousands came to know Jesus, repented and were baptized, received the Holy Spirit. And then we see in Acts 2, 42-47, the first glimpse of the model of church. That is why. It is because you are made for that. This is hard to hear, but it is true. You are not made for desires that originate in you. That's not it. You were made for the desires that have originated and existed in his heart for you since the beginning of creation. The dawn of time. You were made for those things. Right? What what about this season have we talked about? This season will cost you something if you hold on to these things as your own. But they are not your own. Your life is not your own. The breath in your lungs is not your own. It was paid for with a price. The Prince of Heaven, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace laid down his life that you may find the life that you were meant to live. Do you hear me? We are his workmanship. We carry the desires of the Father's heart when we abide because we were made for those desires. We were made to be vessels that carry these things. You are to be the living, walking, physical expression of the heart of God towards all of creation. Amen? You are to be the living, walking, physical expression of the heart of God to all of creation. That's it. So if we abide, pursuing the will of God, not our own, Desiring as Jesus did, not my will, but your will be done. Then pray and ask and ask for the desires exploding in your heart and they will be the things given to you. The greatest quotes I've ever heard from Graham Cook in Lubbock, Texas. Heaven is not a storage facility and it is full of what you will not ask God for. So many of us have a lot of things the Lord is just sitting there waiting to give us if we would just simply ask because we abide. These desires have existed in our hearts for as long as we can remember, but we just simply won't ask for them. We just won't ask for them. That would be like me with this migraine laying in the bathroom in the darkness, knowing I need to go to work, but physically being unable to go and do the things that I need to do and that the Lord is showing me to do and saying, well, that's just what I got to bear, I guess. I just got to tough it out. No. There were things that needed to be done that were desires in the Father's heart, and he knew what was stood in my way, and all I had to do was ask, and it was given. All we have to do is ask, and it would be given. It'd be like the Diaz is asking, hey, would you not pray for healing? We'd rather just risk it. We'd rather just play it out, see what happens. Why would we not? Right? Why would we not? We know the Lord, we know the desires of His heart, and we know that these are things that are overflowing out of us for our community and for the people in it. Why would we not ask for those things? Those are the very things that the Father desires to give us, but we don't ask. You are made to carry the desires of the Father's heart. You are made to explode with such desires that the world would see the expression of the the Father's heart towards them. And then we simply ask, So people of this house, will we be those who abide? Will we be those who pray without doubt, not out of obligation or not offering up empty words and empty phrases because we have no belief in the possibility of them coming to be? Or will we be people that when we pray, we know it is heard and we know that the kingdom of heaven moves on our behalf? But first, for that to be, we must be those that are found to remain in the Father. Remain connected to the vine. We cannot find ourselves outside of the will of God and expect to see anything of God done in us and through us. That's not how it works. He's not a vending machine. But there is freedom in the will of God and there is freedom to ask for the things that He desires for us. You are made for Him. Period. You are made to be a vessel that carries the desires of the Father's heart, period. So in this house, will we be those people who pray without doubt? And will we be persistent in our prayers, constantly before the Father, petitioning for the desires of our heart that He has placed there? Because how many of you know you've had a desire in your heart, have experienced this? You've had a desire in your heart that took years for the fruition of it to come. Years. And it never comes in the way you expect it to, right? It never comes in the timing that you expect it to. It never comes with the preference that you have around it. Sarah and I, I, I can take you to the property in Skytook, Oklahoma. And I could put you in the deer blind if it's still there. And if it's not there, I could put you where it was. When I asked the Lord someday that I would own my own property, land. I just want it. It existed in me. I was 10 10 years old. And I remember uh, two years ago going to see a house with property. House was old, real old. Uh, Worn down, beat up property. And I remember just thinking if we don't get this, my dream never, it won't ever happen. Ever. I have to do it now. I have to make it happen. How many of you have felt like you are carrying? You are trying to make something work, and you're just carrying this boulder up a hill to try to make it work. That's normally not the Lord. And the desire may be from him, but the way we see it come to be is not from him, right? We try to make what the Lord has given us, we try to make it work out ourselves. Like, great, that's a great building plan. I'm going to build it on my own without you, Jesus. doesn't ever work out. And I remember Sarah and I just getting into a heated discussion on the way home. Because she's like, this is not it. Because she's wiser and smarter than I am. And I was like, if this isn't it, then there's no hope. And I'm pouting. I'm stomping my feet like a four-year-old with my four-year-old in the back seat. And we're just acting on the same level. (laughs) And I remember it was two, three months later, about 300 yards away from that house that I tried to just make it work. Because if it's not this, then the Lord just won't provide. And the Lord had provided a place. I can see from my back porch, I can see the house that I tried to buy that was not of God. As I stand on the provision of God. Right? How many of us, we we abide until the desire is placed and then we stop remaining in. And we start trying to do it ourselves and interpret it and figure it out on our own. You are meant to carry the desires of the Father's heart. You are meant to be persistently before him praying for these things to come to be. We have said and articulated that the heart of this church is that the kingdom of God would come in this city, that it would exist in such a way that this city looks more like the kingdom of heaven than it does a city, in a state, in a country, that all people, and I'm not talking about a majority of people, I'm talking about every person that calls sundown home would know the spirit of God and walk with him. I believe in that and I desire that. It is the desire of my heart and I'm abiding and that was not given to me. I could not imagine such a thing, such a request. And I've prayed for it. I haven't seen it yet. Will I be persistent in my prayers? Because we are in a season of prayer and worship. Just because when you intercede and you stand in the gap, you don't get the result that you wanted, that you preferred or and the timing that you had expected or hoped for does not mean you get to leave that place of standing in the gap. We are called to be those that would remain in the gap for all 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 of creation, that we would be the ones that connect the world back to Heavenly Father. And we can't do that if we find ourselves leaving the place we're meant to stand. Because these desires he has given you, some will come tomorrow and some will come in another's lifetime. How many prophesied of Jesus and His returning and the freedom for the children of God, the connection back to the, back to the kingdom of heaven that they had been chosen and they had been made for. How many prophesied of its coming and prophesied of this kingdom of God and its return and never saw it? Right, the Lord said, He called us that we would, are, were we willing to be those that would build a house that we may never dwell in? Are we willing to be those that will plant trees, the shade of which we will never sit under? Are we willing to be those people that will stand in the gap no matter the price, no matter the circumstance, no matter how long it takes for me to see this come to be? Because we'll see it come to be no matter what the desires the Lord has given to us, we will see them come to be. We'll either see them on this side or that side of heaven, but we'll get to see it. Is that good enough for us? Church, is that good enough for us? We must be those that abide, that remain in. And then when the desires of the Father's heart fill our own, we pray with no doubt, knowing that this Spirit of God hears me. I am a Son of God. I am one that commands heaven. It hears me. It partners alongside me. It is next to me. The Spirit and the Son of God testify of my identity in the kingdom of heaven. They stand in our corner as well. So when we speak, eternity listens. And will we stand in that place? And then will we lead a community from that place, not being those who are double-minded men? We can't be those that are double-minded. We can't be those that are tossed to and fro by doubt. What does the enemy come to do? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy through fear, doubt, and division. We cannot be those in this house that harbor doubt because what hope is there for this community if we, the ministers of it, have been called and anointed to bring heaven to them what hope is there for them if we operate in doubt remain in abide and when you pray recognize the authority in which you pray the authority that has been given to you be persistent constantly before the father petitioning him for the things that he has placed on our heart to do through us he has given us these desires Continue to ask, continue to speak, but ask with no fear. Ask and recognize that when I pray, a son of God, a daughter of God, when I pray, it is heard and mountains are moved because I have spoken. Not with my authority, not with my own power, but because of him who has brought me into this place of authority and power, the blood of Jesus, who has washed my sin white as snow, that I can now be a co-heir with Christ. And I could pray the things that He desires to do in and through me. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.